0: Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast.
1: Uh, Yes, it is. This should be a really interesting hour. Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. We come to you live every morning from the Seaport District at Pier 17. We're brought to you by Chase. We will have Bob Costas coming up in about a half hour with his perspective on the Aaron Judge home run chase and what all of that means. We'll do who you got in this hour and a whole lot of other things. Uh, Any moment now, and I'm going to bring Bubba into the conversation because uh, we are going to try and go live to a news conference that will be held in Boston by we would assume the front office of the Boston Celtics with an explanation for whatever it is they're willing to tell us uh, for why Ime Udoka, their head coach, has been suspended for the entirety of the upcoming season. The only explanation we have for the discipline to this point is that he engaged in a consensual relationship with a woman who is uh, a member of the organization, we understand that uh, that is um, f- uh, we understand that we understand that that is something that is not appropriate within the workplace in many circumstances. We also understand that a year-long suspension feels like an extraordinarily stiff punishment for something like that. Um, I think that has been the reaction of basically everyone when I asked Woj about it on television this morning. He told me the Celtics need to explain it because no one really has an understanding of it. So normally at this time, I would just talk directly up to the beginning of a press conference. But where I am sitting in New York right now, I can't see it. So I'm going to bring Bubba into the conversation here on the air. And Bubba, you, I'm told, can see what's happening there in Boston. And so you will just have to tell us when Brad Stevens and whomever else it is um, that is going to address the media today, steps to the microphone and is prepared to do so. So what is it that you are seeing now as you look at the live shot that we have from Boston?
0: Yeah, so what we're seeing right now is all the reporters are are there. They're seated and waiting, and then the podium is set up, and there's two mics. So all we know is that there's two mics, but we don't know who's talking yet, so that's what we're trying to guess. The press release doesn't say who's talking. It just Mm -hmm. says press conference. So we assume one will be Brad Stevens and then... Maybe the president. I don't know if it'll be one of the owners. We're, we're not sure yet. There's no names or anything yet. So, um, but there's two mics, and we're waiting to see who's going to come up. Reporters are sitting there waiting. No one has come yet. So we're just kind of uh, on a holding pattern right now. So
1: anyway, Bubba, just stay with me here, and, and you will let us know um, on the air because again, I, this is I cannot see. Um, what is happening there in Boston. Again, this was a story that got an enormously powerful reaction yesterday. And for understandable reasons, when you first hear an NBA coach has been suspended for the entirety of a season, much less one who um, did such an extraordinary job last year, took his team to the final, and uh, it, uh, the team wound up, is currently the favorite to win the championship this year, there's enormous significance to that. And then when you hear that um, the transgression, as explained, is a consensual relationship with a female within the organization. Again, while that is not something that is generally approved. It is not something that one would assume would be met with a punishment quite like this. For one brief moment there, I was able to see the room where the news conference is going to take place. If that can be put up back on our screen, then I would be able to take us directly there. Assuming that shot that I'm looking at is live, again, I apologize for talking through this live, but we had been told that it would start right at 11 o'clock Eastern time, which is now four minutes ago. And so our goal here is to try and bring you this live and at least hear the opening comments from the members of the Celtic organization who address the media today and offer whatever explanation they are willing to offer for, um, for this penalty. And uh, Woj told us on television this morning that there is not even an assurance that after one year that Udoka will be back. Mm. So clearly this is uh, something that the Celtics organization has taken extraordinarily seriously. I can't recall any circumstance in which a coach in the NBA has been suspended for a year. You brought up yesterday the parallel to Sean Payton, the coach of the New Orleans Saints, being suspended for a year in the NFL. Obviously, the circumstances couldn't have been more different, Bounty Gate, et cetera, but that did happen once in the NFL. I can't think of anything like this ever happening in the NBA. We have seen coaches fired for conduct, but I've never seen a year-long suspension.
2: And the thought that I had yesterday was, let's just say for the sake of conversation, a player had done this, had violated this rule. Would that player be subjected to the same team policies or are they somehow protected under the CBA? Is there, is there a delineation between a coach having done this and a player having done this?
1: It, it, it's a reasonable question. Um, and I, again, I don't have the answer. I asked Woj this morning and he doesn't have the mm. answers. And if Woj doesn't know, then nobody knows. So, uh, again, we are we are holding for the Celtics to hopefully come out and address some of this. And and they will be able to provide answers that I think a lot of sports fans all across the country want. I'll tell you, I mean, this reaches to everything. I called my mom in Southern California yesterday to say hello. And that's what she wanted to know. She didn't want to talk about the Jets winning this weekend. She was like, Michael, what happened in Boston? Why did they suspend this guy for an entire year? if it was a an intimate, a consensual, intimate relationship, as it is being described on my screen, with a female staff member. And I had to say, Mom, I don't know. So this is something that people clearly are talking about, and we will try and get you these answers live.
2: You've been to a million of these news conferences, and you've been asking questions on TV and the radio for 30 years. If you're in that room, and whatever you know prepared explanation the Celtics provide is not satisfactory, what question would you be asking them well, on I, that stage?
1: There's no way to know until you hear what it is they say. But clearly, the first I mean, the first thing you will ask is what happened here? The second, the simplest questions are the best um, to the Celtics front office. What happened? Why is this penalty? The next question would be why I mean, you have to hear the explanation. I would assume they're not going to get up there and offer explicit details right. of whatever it is. Mm. So if indeed they say we will keep in-house the details of our investigation into whatever took place here, Then the next question would be, why is this punishment so severe? And I think it is reasonable to follow up on that by saying the fans of your organization and the fans of the NBA, I think, do deserve some explanation for that, that this is a very important person. He is a very, very public figure. Okay, I'm being told they're coming. If it can be put back live on my screen here, I probably would be able to talk better into it. I'm told Brad Stevens is one of those who is coming up there. All right, I can't see it. So, Bubba, go ahead and take it if you would like, and if they're going live. All right, there we go. Let's go live to Boston now, and we will get
3: whatever explanation we can. Hello, everybody. They're Um, ready to begin. Obviously a difficult time to be speaking to you all. Um, It's a time of concern and reflection and action. We have strong values at the Celtics, and we are doing our very best to uphold them here. As you know, Ime Udoka has been suspended for the upcoming season for breaking team rules. For privacy reasons, I won't be able to offer many additional facts or circumstances around what occurred and why the suspension uh, is in place. I really have to leave you with the wording of our statement, which was admittedly fairly uh, crisp. Um, You might notice I have notes here. I don't think I've ever had notes at a press conference. I enjoy speaking ad lib extemporaneously um, and letting things share freely. But in this case, I really have to refer to the notes and stay within the bounds. And I have to break it to you that if you had the notes in front of you, you wouldn't learn all that much. So it's sort of that, that type of press conference. I'm sorry for that. It's privacy reasons for the people involved is the concern. I can say a few things, and I have a few bullet points to add. And then Brad will have some words. Um, I can say that we, as soon as we learned there was a potential situation, we immediately brought in a respected law firm to conduct a thorough investigation uh, and impartial investigation. And they took some time. And we actually concluded that investigation with a report uh, two days ago. So that's the reason for the timing here. There were leaks, by the way, um, around that time. Obviously, we would have nothing to do with that and nothing to gain from that and any uh, insinuation about the leaks. We don't know where they come from. They're, they're part of the NBA, as we all know, in this room, but uh, it's really unfortunate. And it's unfortunate also that female staff members of the Celtics have been dragged into the public eye um, unwillingly and inappropriately, and, and we take a strong stand against that and just regret it for them. It, it's really, uh, really unfortunate and not necessary. Um, I, I won't be referring to anybody else who might be involved here again for privacy reasons, um, and not going to get into the details of the conduct at issue. Um, but, uh, I have a, just a couple more closing little remarks. Emei has personally told me, uh, in a private conversation, just the general theme was, uh, I'd say acceptance and appreciation for how this has been handled. He can speak for himself on that and in his. Release last night, he he did speak to that, um, that he accepted this uh, suspension. Brad and I have both met with the players. Brad can fill you in more on that, but I would say in general, they are very concerned about this. It's not a welcome development, Um, but they also, I felt, uh, have energy and focus and commitment and drive uh, to really accomplish great things, hopefully, this season. So that's the commitment I'm feeling from the players and that uh, based on last year, and based on everything we know about them, I think that that commitment will be, will be uh, fulfilled. The suspension is for a season through June 30th, and uh, we will make a determination at a later time uh, about Emay's future uh, with us, and uh, that will be discussed another time and has not been decided at this point. Um, I am concerned about the situation and its impact on everybody in the Celtics organization. And uh, I do hope this represents the beginning of a new chapter and a chance to turn the page and move forward um, with things to some extent um, resolved. Um, And I am personally very confident in the people we have here, starting with my partner uh, and head of basketball, Brad Stevens, and everybody uh, on the staff and the roster and the training staff and the front office and in the business office of the Celtics um, we're going to stand together as a family, and we're going to move forward. And I'll turn it to Brad Stevens.
4: Yeah, I mean, I don't really have anything to add um, from the standpoint of the, um, as Wick said, you know, what can be said about um, the violation. And ultimately, it's, I would, um, you know, reiterate that it was a long, um, thorough process, and um you know, obviously, it's been a it's been a hard time. Um, but I think you know the only thing that I would like to say um, is that I thought, and, and Wick mentioned it already. I thought you know we have a lot of talented um, women in our organization, and <clears throat> I thought yesterday was really hard on them, and I think that um, you know nobody can control. Twitter speculation and rampant, but um, I do think that we, as an organization, um, have a responsibility to make sure we're there to support them now, because um, a lot of people were dragged unfairly into that, and so um, I would just add that, um, and uh, and go from there. I know you'll probably have questions and comments but i think that's important to address for them all right so those strong words from brad stevens
1: uh, who is the head of basketball operations for the celtics following up wick who who is the highest profile of the members of the ownership group of the celtics uh, with whatever explanation they were able to offer for the season-long suspension of Ime udoka the head coach of the celtics we will take a short timeout. we'll come back with our reaction in just a moment you are listening to espn radio Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. A couple of other um, messages. I, I need to make sure that I get in here as we just took a few minutes of the news conference from Boston Live with the Celtics talking about the year-long suspension of their coach, Ime Udoka. Let me mention that hiring is challenging. There's one place where finding great candidates is easy, and that Zip Recruiter, where they find and match... The right candidates for you, and you can try it free today at ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. We will do who you got here in a minute. We have Bob Costas coming up in this hour as well um, with his uh, thoughts on Aaron Judge's chase for the single season home run record. And what it all means, He's the one person whose voice I think you most want to hear on a story like this. Um, for those of you just joining us, the Celtics citing privacy concerns and, and fully understandable ones did not offer any explanation you really did not learn anything new about um, the details or the circumstances of the year-long suspension for EMA Udoka one would assume that that story will start to come out of there slowly as these things tend to do I would like to say a word of support for Brad Stevens who because of FCC concerns we were not able to broadcast the word that he chose Um, but he addressed the Twitter speculation yesterday. Essentially, for those of you who didn't see it, and it's horrifying, uh, people just took it upon themselves to post photos of female members of the Boston Celtics organization, just people who work for the Celtics, who are women, And literally attach statements to them like, oh, this is the one that he was having this affair with. And the overwhelming concern of that, of course, is that many, many people might see that and not realize this is just some idiot who has no idea what they're talking about and think, oh, that is the person. So now I know who it is. And now that gets attached to this completely innocent and oblivious person. And it is just horrific. And just imagine for yourself for one moment if that was you in that situation. So. I'm glad that Brad Stevens said it. Look, there may not be anything you can do about it. That, that is one of the horrifying. We seem to have checked our humanity at the door when it comes to social media and the internet. But I, for one, am glad Brad Stevens said something about it as forcefully as he did. So we have all of those. In the meantime, uh, let's get to who you got here, which I have on my screen someplace. Um, here we go. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. All right, I'll say you, who you got? So who you got is the time where Bubba will ask me a series of questions, and most of them will involve picks of football games. We try and get to some fun with this every single week. Because of the timing here, we may not have a chance to get to much of that. But let's at least do the football picks. Bubba, what do you have?
0: All right, who you got brought to you by Granger. And right now, unfortunately, you are in last place in the ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. You're two and four. But it's time to turn it around because you're doing the opposite. First game, 49ers at Broncos. This one, San Francisco minus one and a half. Who you got here?
1: Okay, so my overwhelming gut feeling, for those of you just joining us, the reason that Bubba said that is that I have decided I am from now on following the George Costanza theory of picking football games. If
0: every instinct you have is wrong, then the opposite would have to be right.
1: Jerry is right. My instinct says San Francisco kills them on Sunday night. Does the public agree with me? Is, is the public all over San Francisco? The public's
2: all over San Francisco. Okay,
1: this is a lock. A lock. Denver. <laughs> Give me Denver for sure. Get me the money line. I like Denver. One and a half. Give me the Broncos because I don't think they have a chance. I don't think their coach has any idea what he's doing. I think the, the quarterback is being exposed a little bit. They stink. So they're going to win for sure. (laughs) So give me the Broncos plus the one and a half as the official KOD
0: pick. Bubba, what's next? All right, next up, Packers at Bucks. This one, we got Tampa Bay minus one. Who you got here? Anything with the public? The public is split on this
1: one right now. All right, I love Tampa. At the end of the day, I just think they're a better team for all the injuries that they have. So my gut tells me that Tampa Bay wins this game in coverage. If every
0: instinct you have is wrong... Then the opposite would have to be right. So
1: give me Green Bay. I will take the Packers and the points. That is 100% the KOD pick because I am always wrong. So the opposite has to be right. Give me Green Bay on Sunday. Bubba, give me one more.
0: All right. Last one of the radio pick challenge. Bills at Dolphins Buffalo. Minus six. Who you got here? That's tough.
1: What does the public say? Oh, the public loves the Buffalo Bills. And are giving the points.
2: Oh, yeah. That's three-fourths of the public on Buffalo.
1: See, my gut is split. So Jerry didn't tell us what to do when your gut is split. I really don't have a feel. I guess if I had to, if you just said to me, what do I think will happen? I think I would say I would bet on the Bills to to cover and win. I think the likelier scenario is that the Bills win big. So give me the Dolphins with the six and a half. I'm going the opposite on every one of my picks (laughs) on the KOD selections today.
5: Hashtag KOD.
7: The kiss of death.
1: So the KOD picks, which are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, make every moment more. There you have it. I'm going the opposite on all my picks. Give me Green Bay, give me Denver, and give me the Miami Dolphins. All right, and pick one. Pick your favorite non-pick question today because we like to sneak these in on who you got. Pick your favorite one, and we'll get one in, Bubba.
0: All right, who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And let's go with this one. 84 years ago today, a time capsule was put into the ground at the World's Fair in Queens to be opened in the year 6939. So if they're making a greeny time capsule, what are you going to put in it for the future? They're opening it in 6939. What would they be seeing 69? for 69? So like
1: 7,000 years from now? Yep.
0: That's when it's going to open in Queens.
1: We still think Queens is going to be there. <laughs> oh, Queens isn't going anywhere. Don't you worry about that? I don't know. I, what would I want put in there? That's a really good question. I didn't think you were going to ask me that one. You, know, you have all these fun questions about the Jetsons and the Flintstones. You have questions about modern family. I was prepared to answer those. What would I put into a greeny time capsule? You know, the, the, the terrible cliche answer is to say, you know, a picture of my family. Who wants to see that? Um you know, I've never really accomplished much. Like, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'd put in there.
2: What's your most prized
1: possession? My dog? Do, do you consider that seems a dog like a, bad a choice. possession? Yes. I would put Phoebe in there. Seems like a bad choice. Uh, I don't have an answer for this. What would be yours, Bubba? Like, what's the right answer? What would you put into a time What would anyone put in a time capsule?
0: I mean, I'd probably put in my... Uh... Avon Beer Pong Festivus <laughs> Champion Plaque, you know that I won five times. Probably put that in there so they can reference that. Fair enough. Oh, this guy in the year, you know, twenty twenty two, he won five times. He must have been pretty good. I, I
1: don't really have a better answer than that, so I'm just going to leave it there. That's a, that's a, it's you know what? It's too good a question. The problem, Bubba, is you usually ask me these silly, stupid, funny. Questions, and so well. I don't bother pre screening them. <laughs> I should have been ready gotta for that. On, one. You got to be on your heels. I will ask it to Costas. I am on
0: my heels. I should be on my toes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got to be on All your right. toes. Greenie, the podcast.
7: Robert Half research indicates nine out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.
4: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details.
1: All right, we roll along here on ESPN Radio. Bubba. we did not get a chance to do the, um, any of the fun questions or many of the fun questions. Well, any of the fun questions, because the question you asked me wasn't really fun before we bring Bob Costas into the conversation. So ask me one of the fun questions that I was
0: prepared for in the Who You Got that we just finished up. I can do that. 60 years ago today, the Jetsons debuted on ABC. Were you a Flintstones or a Jetsons kid? Who See, do you got? I
1: like that question. Great. There TV was shows. something about those shows that. Why is it that we put those two together? Like, what, what, what is it about those two shows? They weren't really similar. They were both cartoons.
0: Oh, they were kind of. I mean, they're like they're basically polar opposites of the same thing.
1: Were they the Jetsons was the future and the Flintstones was the past? Is that yeah, is that what I was? Kind of the
0: same, they were same family like family dynamics, the so same exact thing. I yeah. guess.
1: Here's why I don't really know what you're saying. Cause I really barely ever watched the Jetsons. And I loved the Flintstones. Really? I was very much a Flintstones kid. Do kids today still watch that? Why am I asking you that? I have kids. Yeah. My kids have never seen the Flintstones. I don't know that my kids know who they are.
0: I mean, I watched it as a kid, but yeah. So I, I watched all these cartoons as a kid. I loved them both. But yeah, I'm assuming kids today have no idea about any of this stuff. My they're kids, missing out because they're great.
1: They may know them from the movies. Like they made the Flintstones into yeah, movies. John
0: Goodman, they think he's uh,
1: he Fred. He's Fred as far as they're concerned. I, they, they may, I don't think my kids... I I really do not think my kids ever watched an episode of the Flintstones, certainly not in my presence. Uh, Maybe took the vitamins. I mean, they may actually know them better from the vitamins. Why are you laughing, Hembo? Did you know what the Flintstones are? I've heard of them, yeah. (laughs) Could you name? All right, what is the first names of the two parents of the Flintstone family? You have no idea. I, I only know the vitamins. You only know the vitamins. Yeah, that's right. You don't know the names of, do you know the name of their next door neighbors? The Flintstones neighbors? Yes. No, I don't even know them. <laughs> they're, they're very, very famous people. Well, I don't know what to say. What about the Jetsons? Are you familiar with
2: that show? Have you ever watched the Jetsons? No, I know less about the Jetsons and I know nothing about the Flintstones. I know the,
1: the Flintstones I loved. Uh, and obviously that would be uh, Barney and Betty Rubble.
2: That's their neighbors, Bam that's, na-
1: that's their neighbor. Fred and Wilma Flintstone live in one house. Okay. Barney and Betty Rubble live in the next house. Fred and Wilma have a daughter named Pebbles. The uh, and 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 Barney and uh, and and Betty have a son named Bam Bam. And
2: you're suggesting that like, this is like institutional knowledge or something?
1: I am suggesting this is something that there was a moment in time that everyone knew, and we are now making the point that not everyone knows it although frankly you frequently don't know things everyone else knows so i'm not <laughs> sure we actually just got anywhere bob costas used to save us now previously on greeny what's the most famous number in sports what is the most famous number what is the number that would most could be most identified as belonging to something In sports, by the largest number of people. Is the number 60? Like, is this, is it this? What is it? We've had a lot of conversations this morning and and all week long here about Aaron Judge and his pursuit of a home run record, at least in the eyes of many, the all-time home run record. And we all understand the peculiar circumstances that surrounded our weekly rewind. is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Uh, and I'm delighted to bring our next guest into the conversation. I-, I know that I'm by no means the only one who, when really big things happen in baseball, want to hear the perspective and analysis of our friend Bob Costas, who will call tomorrow's Yankees-Red Sox game uh, a game in which Aaron Judge might make history. He will call it tomorrow on the MLB Network. Bob Costas, good enough to join us on ESPN Radio. Good morning, Bob. Hi, Greeny. Uh, It's a pleasure to have you, and I hope that we have not chatted in a while. First and foremost, I hope that you have – I know baseball season is your favorite time of year. I hope Mm -hmm. you have had an outstanding year.
5: Yeah, it's been a fascinating season, and what might happen uh, in the next few days with Aaron Judge – Uh, is just another aspect of it.
1: So we've had a lot of conversations here trying to contextualize what it is that he is doing, because we all understand that it is going to be the American League record. Assuming that he hits two more in the next two weeks, he he will hold the American League record. But this feels like it is something far greater than just the American League. I, I, I used the analogy the other day. When someone is pursuing Pete Rose's record for most consecutive games with a hit in the National League, which is 12 shy of Joe DiMaggio's record. ESPN's not breaking into our coverage to show every at-bat. So there's something more going on here, Bob. How do you describe what it is?
5: Well, it's obvious that no commentator, no commissioner, no one imposed the idea that this is a piece of history, that it is separate There's a huge portion of the baseball public that views it that way. And that includes people who are baseball savvy enough to realize that on his natural merits, Barry Bonds was one of the very greatest players who ever played in any era. If there were a dozen non-pitchers in the Hall of Fame, conservatively, he'd be among that dozen. That's how inner circle he is on his natural merits. But at the same time, what he did... You have to twist yourself into an illogical pretzel to say that what he did and what Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa did was not largely a result, at least in that portion of their respective careers, not largely a result of steroids and PEDs. And so people put that cluster of seasons that includes every 60-plus home run season, not involving Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, and now Aaron Judge, they put it in a different place. They're not necessarily condemning those guys. Product of the time, lots of guys would have done it. Past Hall of Famers of previous generations have said, hey, if it was available and I needed it and people were getting a competitive advantage over me, I might have done it. It's not a question of morality or criminality, but it is a question of authenticity. And to one extent or another, what McGuire, Sosa, and Bonds did was inauthentic. We assume that what is happening now is authentic and by saying assume I'm not casting any aspersions whatsoever it's just that I guess you got to put that proviso in because who the heck knows with 100% certainty about anybody mm. in any sport these days but I think people view this as something that's in a separate category and when and I assume when he hits 62 there will be a reaction to that that's as you say unlike if someone hit 45 straight games and passed Pete Rose the significance there would be that now that person was within 11 of Joe DiMaggio right. at 56.
1: Right, exactly. Bob Costas with us always has exactly the right and most fascinating thoughts. You know, and, and here we are. We are 24 years removed from McGuire and Sosa. And here we have the Maris family back in a box watching and cheering, rising and sitting with every pitch and the fans standing. We didn't all have cell phones back then that had cameras in them, but everyone is up there. To- I-, I wonder what emotions are, are, are going through your mind and what you think will be tomorrow as you broadcast. Let's say he doesn't hit one tonight um, and you've got the game tomorrow and, and you see again, just like it was 24 years ago, only exactly the opposite. Somehow, what emotions are going through you as one who loves the game as much as anyone I know?
5: Well, Aaron Judge is a terrific player. He's not just a home run hitter. He's an all-round player. He's a very good outfielder with one of the best arms in the game. He might win the Triple Crown. He's hitting over 300. You know, now we're in an era where no one bats an eye. If someone hits 35, 40 home runs, and they bat 225, Mm -hmm. especially if they get some walks, so their OPS is pretty good, no one cares. This guy might win the Triple Crown. There's nothing to disparage about this guy. You know, when Maris hit the 61 home runs, and he won back-to-back MVPs his first two years with the Yankees in 60 and 61, he played on seven pennant winners, counting his two with the Cardinals at the end of his career. He was, by all accounts, a terrific team player, a good all-round player, but he never hit 300. In the year that he did it, Mantle hit, I think, 314 or 317 at a higher slugging percentage and actually more home runs per time at bat than Maris did. So he caught a little bit of flack for that, if flack's the right word. Maris not as good as Ruth. If anyone was going to do it, it should have been Mantle. There was some of that in nineteen sixty one. It was unfair to Maris, but at least it came from some factual basis. You can't say that about Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge is one of the best all round players of the game. And even if you're a fan who would say For the next five years, I'd rather have Shohei Ohtani on my team than Aaron Judge. It's ridiculous to argue that Shohei Ohtani should be the MVP this year, considering the respective positions and the standings of the Angels and the Yankees and the overall contribution that Judge has made, especially because there were parts of the season where nobody in that lineup was doing anything other than Aaron Judge. So, if you're going to call it a most valuable player instead of most outstanding player, or a most unique player, which certainly would apply to Otani, if there's such a thing as an MVP, Aaron Judge, by acclamation, it should be unanimous that he's the American League MVP this year.
1: Now, I mean, he, he threw a ball, Hembo, did you tell me he threw the ball 92 miles an hour to That's throw? Right. To mm-hmm. gun down Pham at second yesterday in the ninth inning of a tie game. So yes, he is an, an outstanding player all the way around, and I like Bob for a lot of reasons, not just because he agrees with me, but I have been saying exactly that for quite some time, just not <laughs> quite as well as Bob just said at the great Bob Costas is with us again MLB Network Bob will be on the call tomorrow for Yankees Red Sox a game that could wind up being historically significant and the, the seasons that you mentioned I, I have uh, talked about this a lot this week from 1998 through 2001 a four-year stretch there were six seasons individual seasons in which players hit more than 62 home runs in the other 147 seasons of baseball history, it has never happened. <laughs> no one right. ever has. So that, that, if, if you took that into a court of law, Bob, you know, where they, where they hold you to the highest possible standard beyond a reasonable doubt, I think that is beyond a reasonable doubt. Thus, some will ask the question, is there some way of addressing this in the record book, which is to say, you know, the asterisk has a very bad connotation in baseball because of the mm-hmm. history involving Maris. But is there some way in which we could maybe maybe delineate, well, this is, this is the record before baseball started yeah. testing for PEDs, and this is the record after. Is there some way that, that mention of this record, assuming he breaks it, can be made in the actual record book itself?
5: You know, I've advocated this for quite some time. At the beginning of what used to be, and I guess, Green, you're old enough to have actually held this in your hands. I held the first edition of the Baseball Encyclopedia mm-hmm. in my hand mm-hmm. in 1968 you had to hold it with two hands. It was so thick. Mm -hmm. And as a baseball fan at that time, I thought when you opened it up, it gave off a beam of light. (laughs) Uh, But now people turn to baseball reference. Okay, it's online. It's more convenient. Mm -hmm. But perhaps still, um, at the beginning, there could be a page or two that says, as you consider these records and statistics, keep in mind that baseball is an ever-evolving game and various eras in the game, have presented dramatically different circumstances. Uh, Dead ball, lively ball, segregated, integrated, higher mound, lower mound, reliance on relief pitchers. You know, I came across something the other day. There was a stretch in Juan Marichal's career, one of the greatest pitchers of his era, perhaps overshadowed by Koufax, Gibson, Seaver, others. He completed 97 of the 98 games he won in like a three- or four-year stretch.
2: Mm.
5: 97 of 98 were complete games. That shows you how different it is. So you detail all these things, um, primarily dayball, entirely dayball, primarily nightball, cross-country travel, expansion, all of those things. Analytics would be part of it. And then prominently among those differences would be the so-called steroid era, in which statistics, especially power statistics, out of whack in the eras that immediately preceded and followed, occurred. Consider all these things to whatever extent you wish as you read through the numbers that are reflected, the raw numbers that are reflected in baseball reference or the baseball encyclopedia. I think that's the best that they can do. A um, couple other quick thoughts here, and I hope I'm not taking up too much of No, your time.
1: By no, all else, the time we have is yours.
5: Something else that's really appealing about this and makes it um I guess, more compelling to baseball fans. Aaron Judge is so likable, so admirable in the way he deflects praise and always talks about the team. Plus, if it happens at Yankee Stadium, even though this is the third iteration of Yankee Stadium, if it happens in the Bronx, then you have the echoes of history. It isn't just the American League record. Since the lively ball era and since Babe Ruth virtually invented the home run, That record has always been held by a Yankee. Mm -hmm. It was always Ruth, and then it was Maris. So the setting really makes a difference. And I'd also like to say this. I've said it on the Baseball Network, but I'd like to say it on your program. Sometimes the illogic that can be out there makes a logical person's head spin. (laughs) So what you hear as people try to justify Bonds to the greatest extent because he was the greatest of them but also McGuire and Sosa and others of that era. And sometimes it's younger people who remember that as their first real baseball experience and how exciting it was, so they're trying to justify it. And then they say, well, what about amphetamines? Didn't Hall of Famers, including Hank Aaron and Willie Mays and Mickey Mantle, take greenies when they were readily available? Yeah, they did. Next question, counselor. Where is the, in any sense let alone significant, where's the distortion of baseball norms during those eras? Didn't 45 homers win the home run title? In some cases, 39 or 40? Where's the distortion? Or they say, well, it was a level playing field because pitchers used. Yeah, okay. And did pitchers strike out 400 batters in a season? The distortion that matters in baseball history all happened at the top end of the power numbers. So all of these arguments not only aren't convincing, they are, let me be inartful here, effing stupid.
1: <laughs> Bob Costas, as artful as you can possibly be in his inartfulness. Yeah, I mean, the, the you're, it couldn't be more right, and I just laid it out a moment ago it's four seasons versus 147 uh you know over where this happened and it happened six times versus happening zero times um bob i can't tell you how much i appreciate this i i I, i'm just looking around the room in which i'm sitting and everyone is just listening with rapt attention it is always fascinating enjoy yourself this weekend at the stadium i will try and come out and see you and if not i hope we will chat again soon again the game tomorrow on mlb network bob will be on the call thank you as always for this time we always appreciate it
5: Granny, you've wrapped it up artfully. Do you have 45 more seconds? <laughs> uh, yes, I do. Yeah, just, just to add to that idea of yeah. the context in which things happened, no knowledgeable baseball fan thinks the only people capable of hitting 400 were people born with the exception of Ted Williams before the turn of the 20th century. The game was different then, dead ball and everything else. No one thinks that placed in the same context – as Ty Cobb or Rogers Hornsby, that Rod Carew or George Brett the year he hit 390 or Wade Boggs or uh, whoever you want to mention from those, Tony Gwynn certainly, would not have hit 400 they would have hit 400. And, of course, if the game was integrated, Oscar Charleston and Cool Papa Bell would have hit 400. And maybe Josh Gibson in some seasons would have hit more home runs than Babe Ruth. Baseball fans understand that, at least knowledgeable ones do. And in the same sense, they understand the difference between what Aaron Judge is doing and what Bonds, McGuire, and Sosa did.
1: Bob, you're the best. Thank you so much. Enjoy the game tomorrow. See you, All right. that 's the great Bob costas i I mean, I just sit in awe and listen and then and I hope that everyone got the same appreciation for that as I just did. There is no one who I mean, he used the word artfully there, there is no one who can sum up the circumstance better than he can. I would just present those twenty minutes. Uh, that he just gave us there and say, that's what I think. <laughs> <laughs> if you ask what I think of the entire Aaron Judge situation, I would say, see Costas, comma, Bob. That was as good as it gets. That
2: was a master class. And as a lifelong fan of baseball and as a lifelong fan of Bob and as one who is friends with Bob's son Keith, I want to have the opportunity to hear Bob Costas call an historic home run on Saturday. So if you're a Boston Red Sox pitcher and you're thinking about pitching around Aaron Judge on Saturday, do me a favor. Threw him a fastball, at least one fastball for a bat. Because that's going to be an opportunity for baseball fans for that moment to be immortalized forevermore.
1: Yeah, I agree. Has uh, Keith coming over to watch the game? Has Keith been over to see
2: the babies? He's not seen the babies yet. I think Keith is actually producing the game. His father is calling. That, that, that's, his, that's his day job.
1: Is, is Keith disappointed that one of the children is named after me and neither of them is named after him? He made mention of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Little Michelle and the other one. Uh, anyway, enjoy the weekend. It should be remarkable, and we will be back in better than ever to talk about it with you.
0: On Monday, right here on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.
7: Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too.